Good morning. In the name of God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Please sit. Having just read the gospel and reminded or recognizing that God is rich to me in that I'm able to stand here, I'm able to speak, I would like to honor God by being rich to him and starting with a prayer. Please join me. Oh, gracious Father, who opens thine hand and fills all things living with plenteousness, bless the lands and waters, and multiply the harvests of the world. Let thy spirit go forth, that it may renew the face of the earth. Show thy loving kindness, that our land may give her increase, and save us from selfish use of what thou give to us, that all thy children everywhere may give thee thanks. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The last lines of the gospel says, So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Verse 21 of chapter 12, Luke's gospel. Today's parable for me brings to mind a lot of questioning and speculations about riches, what it means to be rich, and what we should do with our riches, whatever you define your riches to be. But that's the human mind. God thinks differently, or God, God's mind is different from the human mind. When I think about the parable, the first questioning thought is, why would this rich person make such a poor decision? And then another question comes to mind. How does this decision cause him not to be rich towards God? It's like, yes, he's rich, but what does he do with his riches? And how do those things cause Jesus to say he's not being rich towards God? Why does he make that decision? After all, God has been so good to him, providing the land that produces a great harvest. It says a bountiful harvest. And instead of being grateful to God, the man decides to hoard and keep everything. All of the questions he asks, what should I do? Where should I, what should I do with the produce? And because the human mind cannot or ought not to give an answer to what someone does in that instance, I was led to conclude that it's just an act of selfishness, love of oneself. Again, notice his self-talk. I will, I will, I will. 
There is no recognition of God, no thanksgiving to God for what God does for him, no acknowledgement of God's handiwork in his sowing and reaping such a bountiful harvest, let alone sharing it with others. His nature is that of a selfish person judged by his actions. I thought about the many def definitions we have about selfishness, but the one that I think best fits what this rich man does was stated in Bishop Curry's book, The Way of Love. And Bishop, presiding Bishop Curry says, the opposite of love is selfishness. The opposite of love is not hate. It is a life completely centered on the self. And nothing good ever comes out of selfishness. Love and selfishness do not go together. God is love, as we know. And since God is love, selfishness is not of God. The man's decisions do not come from the mindset of God's love and his actions do not model that of God's loving action or activity. And so based on that, I started questioning again. How does this act of selfishness cause him not to be rich towards God? Now I couldn't answer that. I felt it would be judgmental again, which is not of God either. And so I looked at scripture and I found a verse that I remember singing to and learning in my early childhood days. It's from the, book, the first book of Chronicles and it said, For all things come from thee, O Lord, and of thine own have we given thee. For all things come from thee, O Lord, and of thine own have we given thee. A life that's centered on love of self inhibits one's acknowledgement of this truth, as in the case of the rich man. Maybe he didn't have that assurance or intuition or faith to see his riches as something that comes from God, and hence not thinking that he should give back to God some of it. A lack that's centered on love of self, in other words, lacks the understanding that all things come from God to us. It follows naturally that the rich man would not consider giving from his bounty. His decisions kind of match maybe his thinking. When I read the parable, somehow I again retreated to childhood memories. Growing up in a tropical climate, lots of folks had lots of land, lots of trees. They planted lots of trees and vegetables and grain, but most memorable are the ones with the fruits, maybe because it's summer and, you know, we're seeing a lot of tropical fruits that we can have and enjoy. So I started talking, thinking about the parable 
and how the rich man acted in that respect. And I thought, I remember when we would pass by certain places and there would be some folks with lots of land, with trees, and when the season was in, you would also see all the fruits on these trees. But guess what? Some folks shared, others did not. They just couldn't offer their harvest to others. On occasion, or you know, as passes by, the yearning from these delicious fruit would be irresistible. And I would think only one fruit, whatever that fruit was, but the folks, for them it was, their land was off limits or forbidden territory. Of course, in childlike behavior, sometimes we would do daring things, but the consequences awaited us, left to your imagination. It, but it just, at that moment, seemed unfair that such bounty should go to waste. I'm sure you can all recall or tell similar stories in different contexts. But you know, today you and I survived all that and are here today because God has made us rich in so many ways, sustaining our life, blessing us with talents that help to keep us well and strong and to do things that make us rich in so many ways with so many others. God's ways are unselfish and life-giving. So now that you and I have gone or been given the example of not being rich towards God, let us put a positive spin on things. Let us think instead about being rich towards God. How can you and I be rich towards God? After all, I don't want to end up like the rich man in today's story, and I'm sure neither do you. And I saw my thinking again, and these are some of the things that I came up with or that God put on my heart that explains my understanding, and I hope yours, of what it means to be rich towards God. We're going to take the positive spin, like I said. For starters, being rich towards God is built on the foundation of love, God's love. And when I think of the kind of love, God's word, love, we've heard it's unconditional, it's forgiving, and all the other things. I like my best description of God's love is based on the title of a hymn that I also love very much. The hymn titled, Love Divine, All Loves Excelling. God's love is divine and excels all other loves. God is love, like I said before. Or saying this another way, the nature of God is love. So then, to be rich towards God is to live in loving obedience to God. Consequently, you and I come to understand God's ways and live according to God's laws. But first things first. The reading from Galatians just heard tells us to put on the new nature, which is being renewed in knowledge 
after the image of its creator. So the first step is to put on the image and then think differently, live differently, be different, act different, love different as God does because we're operating from this new nature, doing all things God's way. That includes obeying God because God's way is best and blessed. As you and I are blessed, we are able to bless others with the riches which come from God. This, I believe, is one way to be rich towards God, obedience. Assured that, as the saying goes, we don't have to be fearful. We are doing this out of love. And like the saying goes, we give because we believe there's more where our riches come from. Another thing about being rich toward God, you may ask, and I went back or reminded myself that God made all of us in his image and likeness. So whatever we do to others, we do to God. You know the hymn, right? Whatsoever we do to the least of my brothers or sisters, that we do unto thee. So we give and we are actually giving to God or the image of God in the other. And this is another way that I think is how we can be rich towards God. And the last one I came up with, which I think might be, is just as important. How can we be rich towards God? By replenishing ourselves in our relationship with God. God delights in us and desires to bless us abundantly, to enrich our lives with plenteousness. God is rich to us by giving. Let us in turn be rich to God by giving also, by learning to do all things in obedience to God as seen in the example of God in Christ Jesus. So to sum it all up, how can we be rich towards God? I think it's summed up in the two commandments that Jesus describes as being the greatest. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. When you and I accept those words and be those commandments, I think it will stir up in us obedience to God, unsparing love towards God's people and all of God's creation, and unsparing time with God to continually be formed in God so that we establish this kind of reciprocal relationship, as I would call. And in so doing, it is a lifelong journey, but in so doing, we will grow into God's image more and more. And I think, be rich towards God who is abundantly rich towards us. You know, when we ask many folks, how are you? And they say, the response might be, I am richly blessed or I am highly favored. And that is so. In Christ, we are richly blessed and highly favored. Amen. <laughs>